Hey, welcome to the 1505 Club. I apologize in advance for my voice today. I've been moving and I got into some dust that's been causing me some problems. Anyway, I was recently having a conversation with my wife, who's a pediatric dentist, and her youngest brother, who's an orthodontist. We were talking about different business models that exist within different dental specialties. As we were discussing these business models, it occurred to me that different practices create a wow experience in different ways. Let's look at some of the ways we can create wow. Again, I apologize for my voice. I promise I'm not going through puberty a second time. When it comes to creating wow, we certainly aren't limited to only creating it in one place. Everyone has to find their own unique way or expression to give their office, or rather their brand, its ability to wow the public, on a small or a large scale. I'll start with the most obvious, and that's the adjustment. It tends to be the student's vision or dream that they will give an adjustment so great that people will come from miles away to line up at their door. You know, like they did for Gonstead. Probably not. But that's not a criticism of your adjustment. That has much more to do with how people are these days. They want things to be easy, and they don't want to be inconvenienced. If you won't make them that promise, then medicine will. The exception is the patient who's at the end of their rope and grasping to regain their health, or at least hold on to what little they have left. Even here, the patient often has a very different way of judging our adjustment than we do. For most people, it's all about pain cessation. I'm in pain, I want it to go away, and I don't want it to hurt in the process. Can you do that? Every single time? Meanwhile, we're focused on the feel of the adjustment, the quality of the sound it made, and did the body respond the way we wanted. The patient says, whoa, that was loud, and we think, was it? What we value, and what they value, just aren't the same thing, and that's the biggest obstacle to wowing your patients with an adjustment. It's a noble and a lofty goal, but it also tends to lead to a great deal of frustration as well. Obviously, we want to give the best adjustment we can give, and we talk about how to do that on this podcast all the time, but let's just put that on a shelf for this episode, and let's look at all the other ways we can wow our patients. Once, when I was still a student, someone suggested to me that I should physically walk through the door of my office and experience everything the patient would experience, as they would experience it. You can even go back a step further and call to make an appointment. What impression do you get when you call? Your front desk receptionist or whoever answers the phone is your public relations department, whether you like it or not. Make sure they are doing the job well. If not, fix it. Would the Ritz-Carlton tolerate someone answering the phone incorrectly? What would the Ritz-Carlton do if they were in your situation? This is your first and possibly even your best opportunity to create wow. Then you walk in the door and you encounter the paperwork. Fill out your own paperwork. Was it too much? Was it too little? Did it get to the heart of the matter or did it feel incomplete? It may be difficult to create a wow experience with paperwork, but we might be creating a negative wow experience like, wow, that was awful. We obviously need to get the information that we need to get but starting off with a horrible experience will only put us in a hole we now have to dig our way out of. Next comes your operational systems. This might include an assistant or two, or you might work alone so the patient goes straight to the doctor. Ultimately, I don't think it matters how you choose to set it up. What matters is the patient experience, whether it's with you or one of, one of your assistants. 
One of the biggest mistakes that I see in this area is when people talk too much. That can be either the doctor or the staff. We tend to think that more communication adds value to the visit, but that isn't true. Better communication is what will add value. So it's important that every member of the team know exactly when it's time to stop talking. Over the years, I've definitely learned that patients really don't care how you're doing, and they especially don't care about your problems. If you spend time telling your patients how you're doing or obstacles you're overcoming, you're wasting your time and you're probably hurting your business. I learned this most acutely one time when I needed to explain what the course of treatment would look like and what they could expect during the process. To avoid any HIPAA violations, I used myself as an example. The patient then accused me of dumping my problems on them and that wasn't why they were paying me. Wow, that's what they heard? I decided then and there that I would never do that again. Instead, I would speak in hypotheticals about their problem with a hypothetical patient that was actually comprised of many patients. And as far as they know, I've never been sick in my life. The problem with this is that when I came back from COVID about eight weeks after I got it, I came back about 15 pounds lighter, frail, and weak. It was obvious, and I couldn't hide it. People, of course, would ask me how I was doing. I would dismiss it by simply saying, much better. I knew then, even in that situation, I can't be telling people how I'm doing so much worse than they are, even, or especially, if it's true. The way that you create wow in your initial patient encounter is simply by listening to them with enough attention that you can repeat everything they told you. It seems like kind of a low bar, but it's amazing how many doctors still won't do it. My wife recently had a visit to a doctor. At the initial exam, and I'm not exaggerating to say this, that he spent two hours covering her entire story. At that point, a student who was shadowing came in to observe. The doctor then recalled for this new person her entire history in vivid and accurate detail. That was when my wife and I said, wow, at least we know he was listening and taking good notes. The important thing wasn't that he spent so much time on her history, except that he was willing to give it the time that it needed, but the wow factor was actually the listening and drawing relevant conclusions from what he heard. This listening skill is not something that most doctors work on, but the more you have it, the better you will do. Imagine if we practiced listening the way we practice seated cervicals. You would create a secret weapon that would give you a leg up almost instantly. The next opportunity to create wow, and this is the real reason why I wanted to talk about this in the first place, has to do with how we create our business structure. Young doctors often agonize over questions like, should I adjust on the first visit or should I wait to the second? How much should I charge per visit or should I create a package and charge the whole amount on the front end? The short answer is that the decision isn't nearly as important as how you manage it. So in this regard, I give you two pieces of advice. First, do what makes sense to you. And second, if you were in bad shape and had to see a chiropractor in desperation, do what you would hope a chiropractor would do for you in that situation. The golden rule does still have value. So let me talk about some of these business models from the perspective of dental specialties. First is the orthodontist. The orthodontist is unique because the orthodontist is paid up front for the entire treatment plan. That means that on a daily basis, they could potentially be seeing patients all day and not actually making any money. On the other hand, they could do a bunch of consultations and make a ton of money without actually touching any braces. There's nothing wrong with this structure, but you have to be aware that for some people, it will mess with your psyche. This is something that I've seen a lot when it comes to people who sell packages and do a similar structure where they're selling everything on the front end. And then as they go through the day to day, sometimes feel as though they're seeing patients without actually being paid for their work because they were already paid up front. If you're someone who's always focused on what you're getting paid, 
you might not like this structure. Here's another funky thing. An ortho consult is often a free visit, unless you sign up for treatment afterward. As part of that free consultation, they will typically do x-rays and possibly even more advanced forms of imaging. We all know how expensive radiology is. Can you imagine buying an x-ray machine and giving away free x-rays to all new patients, but then building the cost back into your visit fee? It seems crazy, but it works for orthodontists all over the country. So maybe there's something there if that business structure is appealing to you. In contrast, the endodontist has a very different structure. As a root canal specialist, they use a ton of expensive equipment like a dental microscope, and their services are very expensive. And for all this, they will fix only one tooth. It reminds me kind of about cervical chiropractic, to be honest. So this model has a place in chiropractic, but probably not as much with Gonstead. The dental model most chiropractors use and most Gonstead doctors use is the one that matches most general dentists. This is the fee-for-service model. With this model, you just have to be sure to charge for what you're doing or else you'll find yourself doing things without getting paid. That's also a pretty tough way to live. The thing that I want to say about this is that it's typical and probably even expected way for a chiropractor to practice. But does it create a wow experience? Probably not. Is there a way that you can customize it so that it does? If there is, then you should definitely do that. If not, then you might want to consider how you might tweak or completely restructure your business model so it does create a wow experience. This is the job of the entrepreneur when you put that hat on and you take off your doctor hat. From 2001 to about 2002, I began as a cash-only practice. At that time, I already viewed insurance companies as unnecessary middlemen who try to bait patients and doctors into doing unethical things while they make off with all the money. I'm not cynical at all, I promise. Unfortunately for me, my patients were always pushing me to retake their insurance. They paid for it, and they wanted to use it. How that decision would affect me was something that never crossed their minds, just so long as they were getting what they wanted. So I did that, and I built an insurance practice until about 2009. It was then, following the economic collapse of 2008, that insurance companies suddenly stopped paying and would send requests for more info instead. The very thing that I had feared in 2001 came true in 2009. Do you think any of my patients apologized for forcing me to take insurance? Do you think they even cared that I wasn't getting paid? Of course not. And that's why you absolutely cannot allow the patients to dictate how the practices run. By all means, listen to what they have said and remain sensitive to their needs, but ultimately it is your decision and it's your job to make sure that the office stays open to continue to serve the community. So, in 2010, I came up with a different business model that would fix the problems that were driving me nuts and that included making it a cash practice. Beyond that, the biggest thing I did was to decide I had nothing to lose, or maybe I had everything to lose. So I was going to build the practice I would actually want to work in. If it didn't work, then it didn't work. In reality, it worked exceptionally well, much better than anything else I'd ever done, because it wasn't contrived. It, was, it came genuinely from who I was and what I wanted my practice to be as a reflection of myself. So if I could give you some encouragement, dream big, be unique and build the practice you dream of instead of the one you feel forced to accept. What could you change today that would allow you to put your best foot forward tomorrow? If you think about the patients who have left your office, what was the reason why they left? How could you change so that, that you never lose a patient for that reason again? Then do it. Do it tomorrow. Do it as soon as you can. Speaking of practice, I'm going to be closing mine so I can go back to teaching at LifeU. 
If anybody wants or needs a practice in California with a loyal patient base, let me know. I have one for you. You can find me on Facebook or email me at fowlercairo at gmail.com. Anyway, creating wow moments is the secret to generating referrals. Obviously, we want to help our patients and we want to give the best adjustment we know how. But in addition to that, we need to create wow moments to get the referrals we want. The office itself may or may not be a wow factor, but it does set the tone for wow. Let me tell you a funny dental story about that. In Yakima, Washington, there's a pediatric dental residency program. I know this because that's where my wife went. At any given time, the program has three pediatric dentists and six residents. The city has 90,000 people, or at least at the time when we were there. So you would think it would be crazy as a pediatric dentist to go there to compete with that residency program. How much more crazy would it be to compete as a general dentist in a practice that's merely limited to children? Well, that's exactly what happened. The crazy thing is that it actually worked. What they did that the residency didn't do is that they went all out on the office building itself. Over the front door on the outside of the building, like it was crawling over the building, was an enormous octopus. And I mean enormous, not like something that was attached to the building, but like an extension of the building, a gigantic octopus, kind of like King Kong climbing over over the top of the, (laughs) the Empire State Building. The entire building was done up like this at a Disney level of quality. Of course, parents and children saw the building and thought, wow, I want to go there. So I know that the building itself can attract patients and can create wow if you elevate it to a high enough level. Most people aren't going to commit the resources to doing it that way. Upscale is another niche, but you have to make sure it matches your population. If you go too upscale, you might edge yourself right out of the market. The trick to building a practice that can create wow experiences is to know your audience, as they say, and that means knowing the unique needs and desires of the community you serve. My community, which I've served since 2001, has a tremendously high population of engineers, along with computer computer programmers and PhD chemists, physicists, and mathematicians. It's a very scientific community, which meant they were more interested in the science of chiropractic than they were in the philosophy or the art. Most of my conversations center around their need to know how and why. Patient communication then becomes another way that we can create a wow experience. Like Goldilocks and the Three Bears, our communication shouldn't be too much or too little, but it needs to be just right. How much is just right? Well, that depends on the patient and their situation, so there isn't just one right answer. That's what makes it a challenge for us to get it right. If you just do what you always do, It might not be enough for one patient, and then it might be too much for the next patient. So we have to read each situation to know what we should communicate, how we should say it, and how much of it we should say. There have been many times when I'm talking to a patient and a little voice in my head says, now would be a really good time to shut up. I've learned to listen for that voice and to obey it immediately whenever I hear it. In my experience, saying too much is often much worse than not saying enough, especially if you're saying the wrong things. As the saying goes, there's nothing more useless than doing efficiently those things which shouldn't be done at all. That's also true of saying those things which shouldn't be said at all. Speaking of which, I've probably said enough. Looking for opportunities to create a wow experience is the secret to building a referral practice. Most Gonstead practitioners envision building a referral practice because that's what Gonstead did. Okay, that's true. And he did it by getting phenomenal results. Hopefully, we can all do that as well. But people also like flashy objects, 
So they're easily distracted by the Y-strap or some other shocking display of joint manipulation that they saw online. We have to compete with these things on social media, and Gonstead never had to do that. Word of mouth in his day didn't have as much competition. So that means, like it or not, we have to up our game, and that means creating wow experiences. We live in a day and an age where people are looking for experience. Better said, they're living for experience. The device we hold in our hand and crudely referred to as a phone, is all about experience. Never forget to make sure that your patients are getting more than a Gonstead adjustment, but they're getting a Gonstead experience. As always, I hope you have the very best week possible, and I'll see you again next time.